Hello and welcome to the Codec Moments podcast. I'm Andy Brown at Clinical Andy on Twitter, and uh, joining me today is my learned friend, Dr. Matthew Holt. Hello. How's things? No, Ali Cornwolf. No, no. Where is where is he? There's a hole in my Hangouts window. <laughs> there's a there's a hole in my soul like an animal. I wouldn't say it was that. <laughs> no. Right. I'm sure he's doing something uh, no. far more interesting. Uh, probably not here talking to us. He isn't. He isn't. Though, through the magic of podcasting, he may appear later. Yeah, I mean, we could have just blown the whole... We could have just pretended he was here. <laughs> no, I think, I think that. they'd wear that out. <laughs> and of course, joining us, it's Ali Cornwolf. And then, like, really badly dubbed over the top. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Smithers. You are really good at turning me on. <laughs> I was saying that we have got enough audio footage of him to do something like that. that. Well, there you go. That's my that's my weekend project. Yes. <laughs> uh, how you doing? How's your week been? It's been all right. Uh, in fact, it's been it's been rather good, rather good this week because, and it's what really we're here to talk about. Um. We're going to do some tech talk for the change. We might talk. A yeah. l- we might talk a little bit of gaming later on, um, but tech-wise, we we haven't done anything for a long while. And then over no. Christmas, um, Ali got a new pair of headphones. You got yeah, a new pretty, pair of headphones. Pretty swish ones, yeah. You got well, new- Ali's were not mine. No, no. So we got two sets of head new pairs of headphones within the team, and then this week a new pair arrived. At my door and in fairness the first review pair i think we've ever been sent as well Ooh. Ooh. so um so yeah we thought why don't we do a headphone podcast great well i'm i'm all ears it's well worth the wait you want to kick it off then yeah definitely all right so i have been sent and have been using a pair of headphones that are specific for the PlayStation VR. They're from nice. Bionic, and they're the Mantis detachable on-ear headphones. They're quite weird-looking, because they actually clip to the top band that goes around your head that you tighten when you're wearing the VR kit. So the headphones are actually dangling down over your ears. Um, okay. But they've got just the right amount of swivels and adjustments and... Uh, springiness to sit properly over your ears um, and, and transmit the sound into it without having to faff around with putting earbuds in or trying to get a pair of cans that fit right over the top of the band and everything else. It's a, a surprisingly neat and efficient solution. I was um, I was a little bit sceptical on whether that kind of fitment would work, but it, it does. It does really well. Even just from the standpoint of putting the headset on. It means you're not actually having to take headphones off any longer. You're not having to unplug your ears or take anything else off. They're just there permanently, so you can just slip the unit on, take it off again. It's it's actually really nice. I've been quite quite surprised with the way they're designed and the way it works. They sound, they sound excellent, to be honest. And it, it must be nice to have a solution that's there and ready to go with the VR headset. It is, because I'd say... Seven out of ten times, I tend not to bother with headphones because they're a little bit faffy, and you're having to clip them in and wire them up and pop them in your ears and everything else. So I tend to just stick with the um, the standard surround I have in the living room, which doesn't always show off the 3D audio quite as well as a pair of headphones do. Um, so having these is it's actually been really good. I've tried. I don't know, about four or five different VR games at the moment. I've gone from from the likes of the Ace Combat VR missions, which are superb. Um, I've given Wipeout a blast. Uh, Res, because Res is just great for music. Um, Beat Saber as well, because I just like Beat Saber a lot. And, and yeah, they work well. They're functional. I've got a niggle with them, but this is just personal preference, I suppose. What's your niggle? There's not enough bass transfer. 
the the pads don't press quite hard enough onto your ears for you to get the benefit of it. So they don't sound tinny, but they don't have that level that I would like. It's almost as if they need some slightly stronger springs or my head needs to be a different shape. You know what you need for fat bass, don't you? I'm not saying it. Batman scoop, Crooklyn clan. Well, I'm just saying. If you want fat bass, you got to think of Batman scoop, Crooklyn clan. I know, but uh, no, it it doesn't it doesn't quite do it. Now it comes with two sets of fitments. You can have them so that it just sits there. You have them so there's a little pair that just sit over your ears, or there's some like big foam cups that come as well. So you could properly cover your entire um entire ear lobe but again they are so strangely shaped that actually if you use those they don't sit on your head right they don't actually sit over your ears they kind of go at a funny angle and let all the sound out and in and it's they're not particularly comfortable either so i, I basically had to ditch that right. option before i even started playing anything um i think there's there's a tweak needed to figure out how they actually sit correctly um but you know for for something that is there plug and play and makes the process of putting your vr headset on easier then actually top notch for that and, and the build quality is very good it's officially licensed so it's not just a shoddy oh, nice. knockoff that somebody's tried to put out on the market i am quite surprised the packaging on the box is lovely as pretty much everything has been with the VR sets. The for some reason, I don't know if it's just me that's noticed it, but there's efforts gone into the packaging to make it premium quality. And these do feel like that. It's just just that little niggle over the sound. And it it could be shape of my head. Simple simple fact. Other people might have it a little bit better because if if they have um God, what what I don't know. Maybe maybe a slightly uh, narrower point where the ears are. Then actually, the, the the pressure would be there from the springs in the in the actual headphone. Is it clips. the fact that you look like Stewie Griffin? Is that the problem? Yeah. yeah, I think it is. It's the rugby ball. So, yeah. would um, do, do you reckon you could fit them with an aftermarket ear cup, something like a memory foam or something like that that might might help to? Yeah, I think you could. You could fashion your own, um, or you could just put an elastic band around your head. Um, you know, just, something just, just, you to, just to fix just them you in place. Your nice ergonomic, you know, specially designed VR yeah. headset is a, a whapping great elastic band, yeah, elastic band. around your head. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you could. You could. And um, the company, depending on how much they're going to put into it and how many they're going to sell, they could actually um, chuck out different options to buy you know, just you know a few cheap attachments because the the foam cups themselves are a bit cheap they're like the cheapest quality thing in the entire box um but they could do something about it i'm sure they might do further down the line but yeah i i'm a little bit snobbish over my well. sound so i'm probably going to be a little bit detrimental on that aspect but as a device and what they're offering they work really, really well. I'm actually, I'm quite surprised by how much um, I've actually enjoyed taking the unit on and off, and and the fact you can sort of flick them up so they're not over your ears to hear people in the room as well. You're not having to actually physically unplug them. It's um, yeah, they work well. Well, I'm glad to I'm glad to hear they're getting some use and that they're they're good and nicely designed. If it's if you're snobbish about your audio, then you're gonna love. What my mum got me for Christmas? Come on, then. <laughs> my mum knowing, knowing me, I like I like music it. and listening to podcasts and uh, audiobooks and stuff, and I don't know, mm-hmm. talking on the phone when I'm out and about. Oh yeah, well this is the all-in-one solution for winter. <laughs> Hold on, let me just pop it on for you. Get you full effect. Hold on. Doesn't really doesn't really oh, work getting, with my kind of fashion really show. Work with my Sennheiser HD twenty fives on, but hold on. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's beanie a beanie hat. hat but not only that, it's a Bluetooth beanie hat. Oh, oh yeah. 
Man, the audio quality on this is passable. Indescribable? It <laughs> it's all right. It's not bad. I mean, you know, considering essentially it's um, it's a small pair of speakers through wool. It's not. It's not awful. <laughs> so the, the, you don't. So you don't actually put them in your ears. You pull the hat pull, down yeah. over your ears and the, and sit the yeah, speakers so over. Yeah, so you've got you've got um. Two speakers connected by a bit of wire that kind of go around the the brim of the woolly hat. Is that the right word? There's like a turn up bit, and then it's got a pocket okay. on either side for the speaker to go into. On one side, you've got kind of vague cutouts for a microphone hold and button. But if you actually look at where the, if you actually now, I, I suspect there's many many of these little probably Chinese Bluetooth speaker things available wherever you go. Because if you look at the hat. You've got like a space where the it marks off three buttons on like a little. I'm guessing it's a faux leather panel. I'm not. I'm not going to go as far as saying this is real leather. Um, and then, just above the middle button, there's a cutout hole, which presumably is for the microphone. So now yeah. I've only taken the Bluetooth unit out of this hat for the first time today, so I could I could show you, and I realise now that there's three buttons on the unit. The microphone, okay. the microphone isn't directly above the middle button, so actually, the little cutout hole that's there for the microphone isn't doing anything. It's not. It's not anywhere near the microphone. <laughs> so I'm guessing this was designed with another another Bluetooth unit in mind originally, and it's it's shipped with whatever they could get their yeah. hands on. But um, yeah, it is. It's not great sound quality, but to be honest, it just when you're going out and about with your hat on, it's it's passable. It's good enough for audiobooks. I've listened to music on it, and it's not, you know, it's not. Um, you you lose a little bit of the clarity in the treble and uh, and some of the bass definition. I'm not going to lie to you. My favourite thing about it though is this. I'm going to see if I can get it close enough to the microphone for you to hear it when it turns on. Yeah, so it's got. It's got like a really like they've, they've obviously given it some audio feedback, but it's just got like a really quite a thick Chinese accent in in it being voiced as well. So it goes par yeah. off, par on. Oh, it's not saying no. hello. Oh, uh, it's still sounding quite quiet to me. Obviously, so power off, power on. Now I've got a uh, a Bluetooth speaker in the bathroom, which is the same. Um, like I say, so it's got a very strong Chinese or Mandarin or whatever whatever accent it is. So, yeah, the power on, power off, battery low. Please recharge is what I tend to hear most from it. Uh, but what I will say is I, I went to pick up my daughter the other day and it was very cold, it was snowing, and I put my hat on and I went out and my wife rang me and I thought, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the opportunity to answer it on my phone. We actually had a really good conversation. We've had a better conversation than often I've had over other headsets over other you know so I was, oh. I was really quite pleasantly surprised by um by using it as a as an actual like bluetooth phone connection oh, that's so, good yeah that's good do they um do they do like a bandana version for you to wear during the summer oh i guess i could make one just take it out and get my wife yeah. to sew me a uh a, a proper 80s sweatband type thing <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like I look like Kevin Keegan. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I mean, they they do always look like a nice idea. Um, it's that it's that blend of functionality and fashion. Um, that maybe it's not got either quite right, but um, they're making an effort. I I would not have bought one of these, and I I actually really like it. I'm really pleased I own it. So oh, good, good. It's made me think I might buy more, more dodgy Bluetooth tat. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's. Um, I was looking out for the uh, when they come into some kind of reasonable price. Is it? Um, is it Nike have announced their Bluetooth trainers this last week that are going to do full sort of measurements? They're targeting them at basketball players to be. Oh no, with. no, I haven't seen this. I don't know if it's Nike. I'm sure it's Nike. 
but yeah, they're they're really going to go sort of whole hog on the sensors and connectivity. And uh, is it, is it going to include the ability to change things uh, mid match, depending on your requirement well, of whatever whatever play you're taking at that point in time? It, it sounds very impressive. We, so completely pointless for somebody who walks to a desk and sits there. Are we, we going to start to see F one style pit wall telemetry on the edge of basketball courts now? Is that? From your shoes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Well, there we go. Yeah, you're, you're pronating a little bit too much there. You need to uh, perhaps slip an insole in. <laughs> that could well be as an actual sensible, practical use. That you might see them in uh, the high street shops, like Clark's, who um, get you to walk in them and go, okay. This is this is your shoe type, your foot type. This is what we it need. does put. They could they could have a genuine benefit. It does put a whole new emphasis on having smart shoes to go with your suit, doesn't it? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So now, um, by the power of um, pre-recording and editing, Ali's going to tell us all about his headphones. How's it going, guys? Um, obviously, I can't be there tonight, as you've alluded to. I'm not in space or anything like that. Um, I just had a crazy amount of birthdays in January. Um, anybody that's uh, spoke to me on Twitter and different things knows that I've got about 11 birthdays in January. Uh, busy month for my family. Um, I don't know why March, April time's a busy month for for my household or my, uh, my, my family and in-laws and different things. Um, but it is. So there we go. Uh, so anyway, uh, headphones. We're here to talk about headphones. Um, so I have got, um, for Christmas, my uh, my beautiful wife brought me a set of Razer Thresher headphones for the Xbox One. Um, as um, everyone knows me that I do a lot of online racing. Um, most Sunday nights you can catch me on YouTube doing um, a, a series race that I do on Delta Online Racing um, and wires become a bit of a problem. I did have some Astro A40s, I think they were, the, the Halo Edition um, headphones and they were really, really good. They had a little mixer on it that plugged into the bottom of the Xbox One controller and there was also another lead um, that I could use to plug it into any other console, although the mute button on that lead was a bit funny. Um, so I, didn't, I only really use them for my um, from my Xbox, um, they started to pack up a little bit and I was after something else anyway because I think it was early 2018 when Microsoft kind of released a bit of their software, if you like, to allow third-party um, suppliers and accessory makers um, to be able to use their uh, wireless connectivity which is something Microsoft are normally pretty cagey with, to be fair. Um, so the, the the Razer Thresher headphones connect to the Xbox as if it was a controller, uh, which which is really, really good because um, a few things. One, you can turn the Xbox on with your headset. Not too sure why you would want to do that to an extent because you kind of need your controller. Um, although I've got a Logitech Harmony, so I could turn it on and listen to a film or watch a film um, and not have to use a controller at all. But you know, I'm got random technology as you guys know, so it's a bit pointless. But um, but it also turns itself off. So when you turn off the controller, the the Xbox, sorry, um, it also turns off the controller and the headset, uh, which saves battery power because uh, I'm sure everyone at some point has had a long game session. You may have got frustrated, turned off your your PS4, your Xbox, whatever, and then you've you left your headset on. You go back to use it, and it's dead as a dodo. Not great. Um, while we're on the subject, um, it's got a 16 hour, um, it, this is what's in the tech specs, 16 hour playtime. Um, so that is pretty good. Uh, it charges up via micro USB um, and it is completely wireless. Um, there's dials either side on the headset. So the right cup actually controls the game volume and you can also press that um, like rocker switch thing in um, and that will mute the headset if needs be and then on the other side you can uh, mute it again it's also got the power button the charger and you can balance it between game volume and chat which is pretty nice uh, you also press that in and it'll mute the mic the mic is uh, quite funky uh, retractable um, so it doesn't come out too far but it does pull out and then you can also push it back in when you're not using it which is a nice little feature some of them you detach and if you're anything like me you'll lose them and, and different things uh, and when you do mute the mic it does have like a little red 
LED around the edge. Um, quite subtle, but just something that you'll notice at the side of your, uh, at the corner of your eye. Um, because we've all done it. We've all been playing online and you've muted yourself to speak to your other half or shout at the cat, whatever. And then you forget to, you start having a conversation with someone and you're like, why is everyone ignoring me? Oh, it's because I'm on mute. We've all done it. Um, the headset itself um, has got lightweight leatherette ear cups for optimal noise isolation. And it's good. It's actually really, really good. Um, it's got a secumural, if, that, if I've pronounced that right, um, 55, uh, 50 millimeter drivers. Um, so basically it means that the, the ear cups go completely over the ear, which is really, really good because then that's when you get the noise isolation and the noise isolation does really work unless I really crank them up. If I'm sat next to my wife, she can't really hear anything that's going on in the headset other than me shouting because I can't hear my own voice, um, which is can be a little bit of a problem. Um, you can also take the cups off to clean them, but you can also replace them as well. So the actual cushioning um, has got a nice little snap feature. Pull them off and you can get other ones and you can get cooling ones and stuff like that. I can't say I really suffer from hot ears, um, but you can get cooling ear cups um, on the Razer website to, to add them on or um, to replace them, sorry, but you can also get replacement ones if you need to and I think you can get ones that have got slightly smaller um, cups as well so like the inner bit that goes around your ear you can get slightly bigger and smaller ones and oval or round ones and different things but what's what comes in the box is really really good um, now the kicker is uh, there's a couple of kickers one these this headset is £149.99 um, and this isn't even the the best set if you like the best set is the ultimate set which is a uh, 239.99 which boasts 7.1 and it's got a little charger stand with it and, and blah 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 however these ones are really really good this is amazon's current pricing uh, when i've recorded this um, and i think you can get them a little bit cheaper on ebay and stuff and still brand new uh, and whatnot um, but i suppose if you did get them second hand and they're in good nick you could just buy yourself a set of the ear cups and swap them out um, and on the website, I think they're only about £15, which isn't too bad. They might be even a little bit cheaper than that. Uh, the headset also has um, Windows Sonic Virtual Sound, um, but I've noticed on the Xbox it also works with uh, Dolby Atmos. Uh, I've got the Dolby Atmos app as well. Um, and the app is um, kind of like a, a noise studio type of thing so it's kind of got um random atmos um video but also the sound so it comes around the the room and different things like that so it's really good for my my stereo system that i've got and um, my surround sound but also works on the ear cups as well some of the bits you do have to pay for though they have offers quite frequently uh where you can get it for pittance or for free um but yeah, that's really good. So it does work with that, although it does just say on the box that it is Windows Sonic. It does a little bit of everything. Um, so yeah, that that's the headsets um, or the headset that I've got. Uh, really, really good. Worth every penny, especially when I'm racing. I don't have to worry about my, my headset cutting out or when I'm racing on a Sunday night, I've got a, a control, my controller plugged in, my headset plugged into the controller. Um, and then I've got a cable that goes from my controller into the back of my Xbox One to keep it on because when it's on battery, it turns itself off, which is a real pain. But then obviously I've got my wheel set up and everything and cables everywhere. And if I'm hosting and I've got to put people's times in from qualifying, this just is fantastic. It's worth every penny. And um, the, the other downside to it is it only works on the Xbox One or your PC if you've got the wireless dongle um, to connect a controller to um, your uh, your PC. Um, I think Mac, but I'm not 100% sure on that one. Um, so it is purely Xbox stroke PC if you've got the adapter. Um, so that does make that £149.99 a little bit salty. Um, I do have a separate headset for my, my PS4, um, but for me, it's worth every penny because of the racing and things that I do where I don't, need all the cables and different things and i've already used it for well i've charged it up probably two or three times since christmas because the amount i use it racing two to three hours a night on a, on a sunday plus practice sessions and different things like that so anyway I, i've taken up enough of your time they they are the razor thresher headsets there, there is a ps4 version as well not sure what that's like and what the differences are and then obviously that ultimate edition as well um but if you are after something like this it's got a two years warranty uh, and it's worth every penny that the sound on it's amazing um, I know Matt just mentioned about his headset not having particularly good bass. 
um this these are phenomenal um there's a one of the sound clips on the atmos app um it's got a really bassy uh, thunder and lightning kind of effect and different things and yeah it's it's unbelievable for a, for a pair of headphones so anyway that, uh, that's me uh, i won't waffle on too much longer um and i won't do 45 minutes like you guys say um so um i'll speak to you all when i'm next on another episode wow they sound great don't they I don't, I'm yeah. well jealous of that brand of headphones <laughs> that he got. <laughs> when he got them. Yes. Yeah. They they have the appropriate colour and oh. do exactly what he needs. I like yeah. that they did what he needed them to. He could he could hear things through in, them. And he was in reality he did actually send us some crib notes about these and uh, he was he was saying that the good thing about them was Yeah. Uh, they acted like a they acted like a controller. So when you turn off your Xbox, it turns off the headphones as well, which is quite useful because the number of times I've forgotten to switch off a Bluetooth device and it's ended up either staying connected and then wearing its battery down when I've actually needed to use it. Um, the other thing he was saying it's good for for the racing wheel for when he's using the racing gear. He doesn't he doesn't basically have to have his controller set up and switched on yes. you know because i i find this when i'm downstairs i've got this lovely astro set of cans um i've, <laughs> I've got the i've got the mix amp here in front of me in my office because um when i'm sat on the sofa i don't actually want cables training all the way across so i just tend to plug the rather lovely headphones straight into the ps4 controller and i'm, I'm you know i'm not getting the full benefit of them but no. it's a bit more practical but even then, when you're using your racing setup, having your controller there with headphones just plugged into it is a little bit, still a little bit awkward, isn't it? It is. It is a bit awkward. And as someone who has raced with Ali a few times and um, had his controller turn itself off and his headphones go, it's quite strange. Oh, of course, yeah, because that's the thing with the Xbox. The Xbox yeah, controllers yeah, do that the, yeah. um, after quite a, a short amount of time. Yeah, and they, the, yeah, so. Um, Hopefully that's going to make a big difference to him, and, and they do sound like a lovely, lovely set of Razer headphones. I, I quite, I do quite like the look of them, but I like the look of your Astros as well. But it's the same kind of thing. I wouldn't want the wires trailing across the living room, so I've just got the, um, I've got the sort of the standard Sony wireless ones, and they're great for um, standard in-game play. But we've noticed if we have attempted to record anything. The actual mic quality is poor. It's perfectly serviceable for just in-game chat, yeah. but if you're trying to do anything fancier than that with it, it's it's no good. Yeah, there you go. Well, we'll have to we'll have to have a listen to him in game and on stream and see how he sounds then. Yeah, yeah. See how they do. All right, good stuff. So that's that's it. Headphones done. Yeah, done. Fifteen minutes. Goodbye. <laughs> we don't know yet. Ali Ali might oh, that have gone be- for like. 45 minutes about his headphones we just don't know yeah <laughs> could well have done could have gone through his powerpoint yeah. presentation <laughs> we aren't joking um no we we do have a couple of we do have a couple of listener yeah, questions do you think kev would mind me borrowing this you gotta say borrowing what Borrowing what? Listen to mail. Listen oh to no mail. no written to us we should respond he might not. I do. <laughs> All right. How about uh... you've got mail? <laughs> yeah, that's better. Dug it out from yeah. about twenty-two years ago, but that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, we did get um, we did get a couple of questions actually, uh, and both from people called Stuart. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, it happens. That's, that's, our, that's our fan base. Um, <laughs> What's your key so, demographic? Uh, people called Stuart who Stuart. enjoy video games. <laughs> no wonder we're niche. That's more than you think. <laughs> um, so do you want... Uh, got Stuart N or Stuart C? Uh, Stuart N. Stuart N. So Stuart Neil uh, actually... What, what, wow, that is a, that's Both a very good blinding system. I didn't have an idea who you were talking about. So we did get two very good questions. Uh, Stuart Neal asks us, given the proliferation of reboots, remakes, and HD upgrades recently, 
and, and by recently, I think he probably means over the last six years. Um, what's the most obscure game from at least 10 years ago that we would actually buy again without hesitation? I, you know what? This is actually quite tough because I started to think about least known and the most obscure. And the trouble is I keep going back to relatively well-known games that I'd like to buy again. <laughs> I would take a another another remaster of Splinter Cell. Okay. I would say the blindingly obvious, I'd love a proper remake of Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, 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 I could see that. Like they've done with um, Resident Evil 2, you know, give it a proper, proper overhaul. The trouble is, I can't think of really obscure ones. I've, I've, I've thought even way back to to PS1. And, and the best I could come up with for obscure is I really enjoyed a game called RC Stunt Copter. <laughs> and could live with an update of that. But as long as it kind of updated itself to drones rather than helicopters. Yeah, that would that would make sense. So something so maybe maybe RC Stunt Copter is the most obscure game that I would probably buy again if they remade it. I've got I've got one I've got I've got two that I'd like to mention. Is that allowed? Yeah, because the first one, there was a first person shooter in the late nineties called Sin. Uh, yeah, you play this you play this crazy dreadlocked copper who's just on a murder gun rampage around the city to, uh, I don't even remember what the story was, but it was probably something justice related. Um, and you've got like a, a sidekick who's, I guess, in the office guiding you, you know, giving you the mission directors and stuff, who now when I look back, I think was probably Otacon. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd quite like to see that done in a modern way because actually it was, it was a really interesting um, first-person shooter and it, it was... One of the first ones, you know, like Duke Nukem started to add more contextual environmental stuff. It was a bit like that. Yeah. Had a bit of that in it, and it was um, it was just a bit more interesting than a, a lot of the first person shooter stuff that came out. And I'm always surprised it wasn't more popular than than it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'd like to see that. Ooh. Oh, 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 I have a double one. On. Sorry, I will. I'll go. I'll go after you. Sorry, I'm interrupting that one. I have actually just thought of a genuine. A genuine, genuine well, I've, I've got a genuine, genuine one, and it is totally based on the Resident Evil Two um, remake, which I've I've seen some footage of tonight, and I'm thinking I might cave on this one. It's it really good. Really I've nice. done I've done an hour and a half so um, far, and it's I'll be honest, really I've not good. seen much about. I've not I've not really looked at it, and I've not seen the demo. Uh, so I was kind of just thinking, oh, well, it's just a Resi remake. But actually, I didn't realise it was it was a full on Resi remake in the new. Resident Evil 7 engine. So I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. actually. Play the demo. Play the demo. It's worth uh, it. So, given that, in the Resident Evil 7 engine, I would like to see Chase the Express remade. <laughs> oh, interesting. I never I never. It was quite that. good. It was an absolute um, Resident Evil style ripoff. Same, yeah. same, exactly the same kind of format, but just basically set on a train against terrorists. Um, so it was like a combination of Metal Gear and Resident Evil. Uh, it was, it was all right. It was good. You had to kind of go through, and as you as you cleared things and beat puzzles and killed terrorists, uh, you could detach various cars from the train. And um, and I think there were I think there were about five or six endings, depending on how you went through and what what happened in the game and. I can't even remember what it's like if you detach certain cars you you'd get different endings for the thing. So it was okay. it was really interesting. I'd love to see that in the the new Resident Evil 2 engine. That sounds intriguing, doesn't that? So so gen, yeah, genuine one because I sunk hours and hours and hours into it um from the PS2 Airblade which was a think back to the future hoverboarding <laughs> meets Tony Hawks. It was that to a, a really nice light hip hop soundtrack from the guys who made burnout, but released it before burnout. I mean, I, 
it, it was it was a lot of fun when, was that game it wasn't necessarily complicated or as um in depth as as tony hawk's trick system but it had a really silly story and it just worked i don't you know i don't even care if it's a remake i think i just want a straight up port of um of ssx tricky oh yeah of course that's not that's not obscure enough Mr. Mr. Neil won't like you for that one. <laughs> you know, with a mainstream bourgeoisie. <laughs> if I had to go back, 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 back to childhood, there was a game that I, there was a game that I always wanted on the Spectrum because I had the Spectrum, but it only came out I think on the Amiga. It might have been. Uh, it was a game called Hostages. Where you were, um, I'm sure you were a special forces operative. You had to infiltrate a building, and then rescue hostages. Um, and I only the only bits I can actually remember of it was having to dodge searchlights to enter the building. And as a 12 year old, it was like one of the coolest things I'd ever seen and ever uh, played. Know, I, that makes me miss commandos. And I think. Uh, I think I quite like to. First of all, I probably quite like to actually play the game now and realize how terrible it is likely to have been. Um, but if somebody wants to reimagine that and not call it Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes, um, I go with it. So here's a here's a question for you then: What modern game would you like to see remade in some kind of retro format? None. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave those retro formats behind. Oh, disappointing! Yeah, so that, yeah, that doesn't doesn't interest me. So you want to see you want to see Resident Evil Two as a, in like the style of ET from the Atari? Uh, no, no, I just don't think it'll have the same atmosphere. <laughs> all right, then. So is that it? is that all the is that a, were there more things? Yeah, I think I think actually, as we've talked through that, we've come up with a few. Um, but then we have the other Stuart. So Mr. Cullen sent this message and says, with the news of EA binning another Star Wars game, do we A, think they are fit to have the license, as they've only produced two games in four years, and B, who would we give the license to if we could pick another publisher? Yeah, now, I, I mean, I don't know about not fit to have the license. Personally, I quite like Battlefront and Battlefront 2, and there was a lot of you know, there's been a lot of uh, issues around the loot boxes and things, and and EA have eaten crow on a lot of it. Let's be honest. What yeah they have done is they've been some of the more interesting looking titles, and let's be honest, the Battlefront series could have been a really really awesome shooter. I, I think they they probably should, instead of releasing two of those in short succession, they should have supported Battlefront for longer built it into a bigger thing and then and then released a different style of game and i'm i'm really i'm really mm. sad that we'll probably never see 1313 13. there's the 1313 has gone there's the uh amy hennig one that came out of the ashes of that and then wasn't the one that has come out of the ashes of that one as well which was supposed to be sure yeah, they, to some kind they of keep talking world. about uh, like knights of the old republic and what might be done with that yeah. it's yeah it's a shame it's a shame they haven't been uh, i suppose they're, they're just not they're not held I, their nerve with it no I, I don't think they have the confidence to put out a decent single and i think that's because they're a, i think that's because uh, they're and, a metrics and just, driven entity who are kind of fixated now on this multiplayer model and you see them Chipping away more and more at the the actual single player campaign stuff in their in their releases. Yeah, it's, it wasn't going, going the way of Activision. They're just ditching it, um, slowly but surely. It's it's going, and and you can't make money out of, or at least they don't think they can make money out of a single player game. They tried it with Dead Space Three. People didn't like that. Um, I liked Dead Space Three. You could completely ignore the monetization bits, but but that's where they tried. To fit the model in, and yeah, people don't want that. People just want. I think with Star Wars, people do want a solid single-player experience, and they want a solid multiplayer experience. But they don't want it necessarily from the same game, and the same game type. 
and I think they've I think they've ditched the 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 best chance of coming up with a solid single player game. So that leading to the second part of the question, who would I give the license to? It's going to sound really obvious, but I give it to Naughty Dog, and I would get them to reskin one of Nathan Drake's adventures <laughs> just as a Star Wars game. It's obviously they retool it with the story a bit, everything else, environments, but that would play fantastically for some kind of smuggler's adventure. He, you know, Nathan Drake is virtually Han Solo as it is. It, you know, it it would work. I think they'd make a fantastic story-driven single-player game that would tick all the boxes. I I took it to them. I'd go in a different direction. Yeah. So, which developer do we know who can put together massive, big set pieces, epic scale, really, really great um kind of story driven first person shooters um with with kind of epic sci-fi scale that's the, i'm thinking of bungie yeah bungie yeah that's exactly who i think it should go to i think they should they should take a step but i think i think their vision of what destiny should have been was completely different to activisions i think uh, a lot of what we've seen in destiny and destiny 2 is is Activision's hand on the rudder of, of what Bungie wanted to make. And I think now they're, they're out there on their own. Actually, it would be really interesting to see a Star Wars game from Bungie. But do you think it'd be, it, it, it'd be back to that multiplayer mode a model, or would it be a, a single-player-driven, potentially co-op maybe? No, I, I, hope they'd, I hope they'd go back to some kind of campaign format that yeah. they, they could hopefully use their skill and expertise and and time to actually do their own thing on uh, and integrate the multiplayer aspects into it. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I'd like to see Bungie do it. Yeah, no, that's that's an interesting idea. And the other one I thought of as well in in a similar vein was Gorilla. Ah, yes. Now I think... I think they've they kind of really found their feet with Horizon uh, and and what they did there, and I think they could they could pull off the open world. I think as well the story. You know, you look at um, you look at the Killzone series, and then you look at Horizon. I think they're a company that take their time to develop IPs. Yeah, and I think given again given time. I think they could come up with an interesting twist on a Star Wars game, and I, I think it would be—I don't think it would be too similar to Killzone or Horizon. I think they—they they take could take yeah. it in its own direction, but again, it's time. What it needs is time, and I don't think—I don't think—I don't necessarily think two games in four years is actually a bad thing. I just think they should have been different games. Yeah, uh, if you think about the rate they got churned out at uh, around the time of the prequel films, we were we getting two games a year, if not more. There were there were a lot coming through, and there was there was some in there that you would ever play again after playing once. But there were some that had some really nice ideas, <laughs> even if they weren't perfectly implemented. Pod racing <laughs> elements of um, it was the sec was it the second game. Racer Revenge is actually surprisingly good. The Starfighter game, the, the, the first Starfighter game was was pretty good. Um, there was one, one Jedi Power Battles, which was like a side-scrolling platformer, which actually did have some lovely little elements to it that worked really well. Um, unfortunately, Lego came along and just blew everybody out of the water with their Star Wars interpretation, and nobody could live up to that, I don't think. And yeah, I, I, it's interesting. It's interesting. I, part of me, or part of the back of my mind, sort of says, "Well, what if you dropped it away from one of the the AAA developers? What could, what could one of the lower down, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but what could could one of the other studios do? What could Rebellion do if you gave them a Star Wars license?" I don't know, but now we're talking about it, I quite want to see uh, a pod racing game developed by Criterion. <laughs> <laughs> 
That'd be quite awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> Maybe they're not with us anymore, but <laughs> yeah. that would have been, that would yeah, have been great. That's, that's the problem. That'd just be another EA need for Imperial Speed or something like that. It'd be terrible. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I'd like to say I'd like to see what Rebellion could do with it. Some kind of um, sniper elite game where you're the Resistance or the Rebellion. I suppose if we want to go all in, then we should say um, CD Projekt Red and just have a full-on Star Wars RPG. Now, I I have to say, I I I found that boring. I didn't get on with The Witcher. It's beautifully realised. It just just didn't click. I found riding from place to place to have fifteen minutes of dialogue just a bit bit too wearing. I'd, I'd rather throw it Bethesda's way. Oh Jesus! Uh, but not, <laughs> not, <laughs> not an MMO. <laughs> it's not. It's just not go there. Yeah, yeah. Back to back to a Skyrim. Skyrim phase. Right. Well. Okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah there we go. So, 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 in fairness, our top picks were actually Naughty Dog and Bungie, and then maybe we'd like to see some variation from some other developers. But, uh, but yeah, it, there will be something coming soon. My my only worry for the next Star Wars game is because it looks like promising games have been cancelled. We are going to end up with something fairly rushed and maybe just a bit crap. I mean, Disney are quite clear that they they don't want to do it in house. They don't feel that their their expertise is in gaming, and they're far happier with the licensing agreement as as far as it goes. But but it would be it would be interesting to see what the House of Mouse could achieve if they actually put their mind to it and, and opened a studio. It feels like actually what they need to do is is take the same level of control that they do with the filmmaking and how they manage that and what they do that turns out Marvel and the Star Wars films and actually they apply that to the game studios and we could end up with something something quite impressive. But it, it does seem like it's very hands-off, isn't it? It is the license. Run everything past us, um, but you know you go away and do it rather than really really holding the reins and that's maybe things why things have been drifting off course and yeah it's not fitting with ea's model of how do we make money after it's released all right well yeah let's know who you think uh should be developing star wars games by tweeting at coding moments yeah um got another question for you oh go on then okay then. so Stuart neil's back um, and he actually asked, during his travels across the UK, has Andy actually ever stayed in a cat hotel? <laughs> uh, no. 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 Now, do we need to add context? I think we might need to let people know, yes, because otherwise it's just a bit weird. So, I, I assume it's this that we're referring to. Is that your cat? Is that mine? It's your cat because I'm I'm in a hotel. Oh, you're in, in a hotel, Newbury. aren't you? I can hear this. Wow! And I just what the hell? Yeah. So <laughs> cats during podcasting is something that we we come across fairly regularly. Yes, we've both yeah, got them. Get in the way. Yeah. Uh, but on that, on that occasion, it was Matt's cat because uh, I was in a Newbury hotel that didn't have any cats. And have I ever had a cat in a hotel? No. No, never been to a cat hotel. So I I've been. Right, we're just we're sorting out. We're we're cleaning house, as it were, and we've made the decision that we're going to migrate um, some of our stuff from one host to another. And I was just setting up some tests of how things would integrate with each other. And the answer is, yeah, really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because some of you have seen it, yeah, heard it already. Brilliantly. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I shouldn't have actually fired it off. In a kind of live environment, as it were. Um, I wasn't. I didn't mean to send it where I sent it. I was meant to send it somewhere else. So yeah, if you if you do see over the next couple of weeks, random random audio on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere like that, that's that's me. That's my fault. Sorry. 
Um, the question is, I actually deleted that. Um, although I believe it's still on our YouTube now because it's published there. I'm going to leave it there. Um, but yeah, but the question is, uh, should I should I reinstigate the Cat Hotel audio as as uh, as its own podcast episode on our feed? <laughs> yeah, all fifteen seconds. <laughs> yeah. So if if you'd like to see the cat audio um, kind of put back on the podcast feed as the, you know in its rightful place, then um, let me know and I'll I'll do that. <laughs> so yeah. Long story short. We're, we're shifting things around. You might see some weird stuff over the next couple of weeks. If it's old podcast episodes, please go and listen to them. Yeah. You might not have heard it before, or you might have done, because we've, we've discovered that our original hosting hasn't necessarily been giving you everything. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Shiny new hosting. And uh, yes. hopefully yeah. more back catalogue. Yay. Yeah, we'll let, we'll let you know when it's all done, uh, and we'll keep updates coming on Twitter and um, hopefully it won't be anything too embarrassing that goes out there. Yes, uh, <laughs> a net distributed audio program. Yeah, yeah, we might. That might make an appearance again. <laughs> uh, that's it. So is that it? Is that it for today? It is. At least that's been uh, that's been quite quite a roundup. Considering we thought we were going to spend five minutes on headphones. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, if you've enjoyed it, uh, let us know. If you didn't, then uh, keep it to yourself. It's fine. <laughs> we, don't, we don't really care. Um, and uh, you can tweet Matt at Kodak Moments. Or <laughs> Especially you. if you found my lack of empathy disturbing. <laughs> yeah. Or you can uh, you can rant on Facebook um, in more than 280 characters. Uh, with uh, facebook.com forward slash codec moments. Yeah. Or you can send Matt a letter to his house, which is... <laughs> I won't do that. That'd be, that'd be mean. Yeah, number 88. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know where you mean. Right. So thank you very much for listening. And we will be back with the Codec Momentum update. So they will. Bye. Bye. Bye, Ali. Oh, yeah, bye, Ali. <laughs>